You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Art of Kindness, where we have compassionate conversations with artists from all areas of the entertainment industry who are using their voice to spread joy and make this big spinning planet in the sky a better place to be. I'm Robert Peter Paul, and I'm so glad you're here. Sugar, what does kindness mean to you? That's one of the questions I would submit to the Rumpus's beloved advice columnist, Sugar. Have you heard of her? If not, you've likely heard of the woman behind the sweet pseudonym, Cheryl Strayed. Yes, I'm talking about the author of the best-selling book, Wild, which Reese Witherspoon fashioned into an amazing film. Cheryl compiled the best of her Sugar columns, answering an array of heartfelt notes from readers, into a powerful book called Tiny Beautiful Things. This is her latest work to be adapted for the screen. Tiny Beautiful Things is now streaming on Hulu, providing a funny yet poignant look at a woman who becomes an esteemed advice columnist, all while her own life falls apart. It stars the always amazing Katherine Hahn and is produced again by Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine in conjunction with ABC Signature. Today, we are talking with the show's executive producer and showrunner, Liz Tiglar. Liz is a writer and producer who has truly worked on all your favorite TV shows. She got her start as a writer's assistant on the CW drama Dawson's Creek. Over the years, she honed her craft on popular shows like Brothers and Sisters, Once Upon a Time, Revenge, and Bates Motel. Her most recent hit wasn't tiny, but little as she was the showrunner on Little Fires Everywhere. Eh? See what I did there? <laughs> She's also served as an executive producer on series like The Morning Show, Casual, and Nashville. Aside from being good at her job, she's also just a good person. As always, please stay tuned after the interview for your kindness tip of the week with me. And also follow us on social media at Art of Kindness Pod and at Rob Peter Paul. Now, without further ado, please welcome the lovely Liz Tiglar.
I am so excited to talk to you today. I'm such a huge fan of your work, you know, from the morning show to now tiny, beautiful things, which I cannot wait to get into. I just, yeah, I feel like you, you truly run the show literally with such kindness and positivity. It seems like from what I've read and it kind of shows through all the projects you do. So I can't wait to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time. Before I just keep complimenting you for hours and hours, I guess I usually like to ask at the top, <laughs> how are you at taking compliments? Because I'm guessing you get a lot of them. Oh, I, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Like, okay. They made me feel great. I, I, yeah, it's funny. We had a screening last night and people were so sweet. And I was like, oh, you know, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> I'm a writer. So it's like, I both, I both want it and, um, and I'm uncomfortable. I'm both. I'm both and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duality. I think that's okay to have. But it is such a funny thing because we want them. And then sometimes we get them and we kind of shy away. And I don't know if it's a systemic thing of trying to be humble or we just feel awkward. But it is yeah. so weird, right? Yeah. But it, But I mean, listen, it, the, the, what you said specifically, like, that, that's that's what you aspire to. Like, you, it's such a nice thing to say. It is really kind. Oh, oh, I'm glad it, it touched you. You know, since this is the Art of Kindness podcast, I'm sure I'll drop a million compliments along the way. And I mean them all. And we're we're here, obviously, to discuss your latest project, Tiny Beautiful Things, which I got a chance to see a couple episodes of. And I just love so much. You know, I feel like it grapples with the questions of what it means to be human overall. And Liz, you know, I think a huge part of humanity, humankind, is kindness. So I would love to know, just to start out, what is your definition of kindness? I guess, I guess in a way, when I think of kindness, I think of making other people feel good. Um, because so much of being, you know, I, I can perceive something as kind, but if it's not received as kind, um, then it hasn't really done its job, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I think of it that way. And peep the nails. We got some sunshine coming in from your nails. Nobody can see them because this is a podcast, <laughs> oh, but yeah. it just made oh, yeah. me smile. I'll keep like one color for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, sunshine. Yeah, is, exactly. <laughs> sorry, I'm a, I'm a cornball. Is there an act of kindness that you feel like you remember as kind of changing the trajectory of your career? You know, you're someone people look up to now. So I would just love to know if there's something that you feel like kind of pushed you there and maybe somebody that lifted you up. Absolutely. And it's funny because the first thing that popped into my mind, so I'm going to say that and not like overthink it, is um, <laughs> something that could be perceived as unkind, um, which is that I had a mentor, Josh Reams, who's a wonderful writer and showrunner and taught me so much of, of what I know about um, writing and really showrunning specifically and running a writer's room. And we worked together for years on a show called American Dreams. And it was my first job. And I loved it so much. With you know, It was my first job as a writer on staff. Um, and he kind of pulled me aside and was like, look, if you pitch something once um, and twice and then a third time and nobody like clings on to it, don't, um, don't keep pitching it. Mm. <laughs> and... I, uh, <laughs> and he had to kind of pull me aside and tell me, you know, like some honest feedback, I guess. And it was really yeah. hard to hear, but um, it helped me so much. And I remember thinking as hard as it was to hear, 
it was probably harder for him to say mm. um, because none of us want to like ever feel like we're hurting someone's feelings. And he's such an empath and such a kind person. And I remember thinking like, he's, he's not doing this for his benefit. He's doing it for my benefit. He's yeah. doing it to like help me have a career. And, um, and then not only did he do that, he continued to hire me. Um, oh. And so I just remember thinking like, that was such a kind, that was such a kind thing to do. It was so kind and caring and he could have easily not done it. And I think most people don't do it. You know, most people are just like, if someone's annoying, they just are like, Oh, okay, move on. I'm not mm. going to. And <laughs> He was like, you are annoying, but I'm going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to help the annoying one. No, I think it's true because you only tell people stuff like that. If you see a seed of something in them, you know, some kind of spark that you think you can foster. So it also, I give you kudos because it takes a special person to not let that nail them down, but like help them grow and continue on because it's so hard to not take the the feedback sometimes and just focus on it and go down a rabbit hole and not let it let you grow. So congratulations on hearing it and, and getting to where you are today, which is not a tiny, beautiful thing. It's a big, beautiful thing, but tiny, beautiful things you like that transition. Thank you so much. Clearly, I'm a writer as well. Right. It was great. <laughs> tiny, beautiful things is an adaptation of Cheryl Strayed's acclaimed book for everybody listening. Run, don't walk to your TV and watch this on Hulu. I know you were such a big fan of Cheryl before you signed on and you even had, I think I read homages to her in your wedding and with your, your I son. Had, I had read Wild and I was so excited to see the movie and I had read the book, you know, I read Wild right when it came out and she had a Mary Oliver quote in the beginning of the book. And Mary Oliver is my mom, one of my mom's favorite poets. And she'd given me so, so many of her um, books and writing. And anyway, it was the probably most popular Mary Oliver quote, which is tell me what do you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. And mm. I loved that that was in the beginning of Wild. And it was such a, it was such a wonderful it was such a wonderful quote for that book. Um, and so when my wife and I were planning our wedding, we were like, oh, we would love to kind of use that quote as the as the basis for our wedding. Oh. And then when we named our son, we loved the idea. We were like, maybe we could take something from our wedding. And then we ended up taking that um, and naming him Wilder. And so it was like, wild you know wow. there was a touch of like little house on the I, she was like we're not doing this for little house in the prairie are we like, oh, definitely not but we, like, we kind of but oh, really wild had been you know wild had kind of it gave me a lot i guess is what mm. i'm saying um mm. uh when i picked up the book and it it spun out a lot of things in my life that's so special. It's so funny. I recently got married and I was like, can we do a Harry Potter theme? My wife was like, no, absolutely not. That's super weird. But there were candles there, Liz. So you know, Oh, we had I to... love it. Listen, you know <laughs> they what? They floating, but <laughs> I was floating. I was just out of there. I was in the class. Thank you so much. And congrats to you again on everything. I, I bring it up because I just think it's so cool. I heard then, you know, you were walking out of another meeting and Someone kind of in the parking lot was just like, have you heard of Tiny Beautiful Things? And yes. Yeah, Lauren Newstetter, Reese's um, partner at Hello Sunshine, asked if I had knew Cheryl and read the book. And then, of course, I said everything that I just said now. Mm. And um, I had been gifted the book by a dear friend of mine who I had done a show, Life Unexpected, with Mary Beth Basil. And then when I was doing mm. Casual, Michaela Watkins was like, 
oh my God, I was listening to the most amazing podcast today, Dear Sugar. And I was like, it's a podcast. I've read the book, but I didn't know it was a podcast. And so she got me hooked on Dear Sugar. So when we were doing the show, I 100% knew that Michaela Watkins was going to be in it. Um, mm, uh, so you know, having her availability because she really had, um, had led me to this. Mm, that's so cool. What a confluence of events. You know, I, I wonder too, what kind of do you feel like resonates with you with, I mean, there's many stories or, or questions. Is there something that first comes to your mind when you think of the collection overall that just really made you want to do it? I mean, to me, the thing that shines through with Cheryl is how how central her mother is to her life. Um, and I think all our mothers are that central. Um, I don't think she's unique in that way, but I think um, I think she had and has such a reverence of her mother and has has made her mother's life and story so important to others. It always was important. Um, but I think that idea of love, of maternal love, of what it means to love your mother, of what it means to be a daughter, like that's something that resonates so deeply with me. And I think that um, it, that's just always what I've gravitated to with Cheryl's writing. It's mm. love. Yeah, I think at the end of this second episode, is it when Claire, Catherine Hahn's character literally says, you know, she's so lost, but she's like, I know I'm my mother's daughter and I know I'm my daughter's mother. You know, yeah. it, it's it's so beautiful and it kind of just hits home when you're, you're thinking to yourself, because eventually as a child, you do sometimes earlier, even than when you have your own kids, you become a parent because you have to become your mom's mom yes. or dad. You take care of your parents. So yes. it's such a, a cyclical yeah. thing, you know, and I feel like for you with with that intention, you, you know, there's also the quote that she wrote something about jumping high and hard with intention and heart. And I feel like you you yes. dove into the show with that. But it's yes. Such, yes. such an undertaking. So for you, you know, when I first started watching, it, I was thinking before I right when I pressed play, how did you kind of tackle this rich and beautiful story that has series of, of stories in it? What was like your first step in the how of the storytelling? Yeah. Well, I mean, I spent a lot of time being very intimidated and, and not knowing <laughs> how I was going to do it and being in like a flop sweat panic. And then once I kind of- <laughs> Thank you for the that, honesty. I appreciate that. Yeah, yes. No, I was I was really, I was like, this is hard. They're, they're columns. Like, how do you, and then of course, at your first thought, you're like, well, I should tell the stories of the people who wrote in. But I think for me, I kept having to go back to like, what, what draws me to this? Like, is, am I drawn by the people writing in or am I drawn in by Cheryl herself? And um, to me, it was how, where did she get the, this knowledge? Like, where did she get this wisdom? And I mean, I think we all have deep wisdom within us. She has an ability to articulate it in such a beautiful way and distill it in such a elegant way. Um, mm -hmm that I don't think everybody has, but we all have experiences and we all have wisdom to give. And so I was just curious about where it came from and, and the stories that make you who you are and able to be who you are and able to help you survive. Um, and so I knew I wanted to, I started to get really hooked into this idea of like a nonlinear narrative and a, and a different way of telling a life story while the center of the story didn't center on the past. The, the center of the story, you know, was about this woman in the present 
who had yet to become the thing that she wanted to be. So then we started to, I started to think about and, and Cheryl and I started to talk about like the ghost ship nature of the show. Um, this idea that they, their paths um, diverged at some point so that now our yeah. player is very different from Cheryl. She's a person who hadn't hiked the Pacific Crest Trail or hadn't become the writer she wanted to be. And what does that look like? And how could you be, and how could Claire be like a lot of us in our lives where we are, we have jobs, we have families, we do all the things that you're supposed to do. We've hit all those benchmarks that society tells us to hit that validate us, we've proved we're lovable, someone has wanted to marry us, we proved we can take care of things, we have a child, you know, all of those things. But what if the conflict isn't coming externally? What if the conflict is coming internally of like, I wanted to do something, like I wanted to be something. And at one point I stopped doing that. And I stopped doing it because I suffered a devastating loss. Um, that, um, and, you know, I think the question that gets asked really powerfully in the series that Cheryl asks is like, what does it me mean to heal mm -hmm. and to move on and to let go? And of course, we know that you don't, you never move on from grief. Um, and you may not even heal from grief or that loss that that embeds and that will always be a part of you, but that there are parts of you that you can heal by um, doing. And that there's something that she has needed to do. There's something that she's needed to become. And she's not going to heal a part of herself until she becomes that. And so that felt really worth exploring. Yeah, I think that curiosity comes through because you could tell everybody was so hungry to learn more. And, and as they're going, tell the story. And I think the way to touch on grief, like you were just saying, that grief is painted in this series. It, I, I mean, you guys didn't skip a beat and I think it could be very confusing the path you chose to have all of a sudden a flashback but then Catherine's yeah. there but it wasn't it, it was so clear and I think for me it hit home because all these years later she's still grieving her mom you know I personally still am grieving something from my childhood and there are those moments just like you're on the bus and then you remember something and there's the girl you know girl yeah. with the balloon and it was just yeah. so beautiful the way it was that, oh. you, that you did that. I don't, I'm just commenting yeah. on it now, which I shouldn't be. I should ask a question, but. No, um, that makes me so happy because, you know, of course there was so much discussion about like, will flashbacks be confusing? Will people understand it? I so loved the idea of showing like how all these selves live inside of you. Like you just mentioned, mm -hmm. like childhood grief. At any moment, you could be taken back to that age and you could feel like that boy or, you know, that person, um, who had a loss and that at any, at any moment we can be our six-year-old selves, our 11-year-old selves, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I loved the idea of exploring that and, and like, like the fluidity of who we are and that every age lives inside of us and mm. that time um, and past and present are much more interwoven than yeah. think that your past isn't just in the past, your past is in your present because it's still within you. So you can be sitting there with your past mm. in a lot of ways. Um, and I just, I, I got really excited about that. I was also fearful that people wouldn't get it and that yeah. um, people would be confused. But I also wanted to approach the show giving the audience a lot of credit. Mm. And I felt like, I felt like 
the people who felt it would get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you nailed it. I mean, I felt it. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in that way that was showing grief. Just, I, it really hit home for me and, and I can't wait to continue watching the show, you know? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All these moments with Claire, of course, who's played by the phenomenal Catherine Hahn. I'm such a huge fan of her. Yeah. What kind of conversations did you have, have with her either about, like you were just talking about this grief journey or just bringing sugar to life in general? Yeah, I think, I mean, she was so intrigued by like how, I think how the letter writers, how she, how her character would interact with the letters mm. and the letter writers and the questions. And so we spent a lot of time kind of um, thinking about that and talking about that. But I think one of, you know, I think with Catherine, in some ways, we were, it was less talky and more feeling. Mm. Um, she is such a, like, she is such a fearless actor. She's so able to just put her guts on the table um, and kind of just bear it all. And she's able to be everything at once. Like, she's not like, you're being likable now. You're being unlike it. She's like, within... I mean, I think in the pilot, when she like looks at her family after she's been drunk, climbed through the window, woken them up, forgotten she's not supposed to be there. And then she basically calls them apples. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's she's an apple. <laughs> but like, they're kind of being apples too. You know, and I just, I feel like when she says it, you're, I'm really with her. Like, you know, what's yeah. to me, you know? Um, yeah, and she persuasive. just brings that. And, and being on set with her, yeah, I, I, I have to say like those first few days on set with her where I was really seeing her up close, like do her thing for the first time. I think they were the most exciting days I'd ever had on a set. Mm -hmm. Just watching her, like she is, she's such a, like has such mastery of what she does. And she brings so much to it and, and, there's also like every time it's a little different or she adds something or she does something you didn't expect and she just elevates it. And it's like, she's upping her own game with every mm. moment. And to watch that, to be near that, to think that yeah. like you could write for someone who does that with it. Mm. Um, I mean, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, she's someone who's not just painting with one color. She has like 20 different colors on her paintbrush at once, which I think, the show does too, because there's even these moments that just are so multidimensional with her at the end where her and her daughter are having a conversation, I think at the end of the first episode. 
and then the letter falls at the right time and she's kind of answering the letter and saying thank you but it's also to her daughter but the, there's just so many things going on at once in this show which i love um you know in this crazy business you hear all the time at least for people like me that are still taking classes and learning yeah. you hear show don't tell is like a, one of those kind of cliche yeah. comments you get yeah. and i feel like this show shows so beautifully in a way and i don't even know if it was purposeful but you know it opens in the darkness at night and then her first flashback is literally like bright christmas colors and seeing yeah. the past in a rosy way and then another yeah. weird moment that struck me is her at the therapy session taking the elevator but the husband's taking the stairs which is showing he's down to put more work in but she goes like an easier route and just wants to get it done how did you kind of go about defining these things and were these things purposeful were you looking to have like a lot of kind of symbolism yeah, I guess. yeah absolutely no i mean you're bringing up such great things and i think it was funny that um the cutting back to the past rachel goldenberg who directed the pilot in the second episode who is just i mean she, I love her so much. I'm such a fan of hers. And I was so, um, we went to the same, we both went to Ithaca College, but she was like 10 years younger than me. So I was very yes. aware for some reason, I think because we were so inhabited the same place at different times, I was mm. so aware of our age difference. Um, and I was so amazed with, in a way, how much younger she was than me. Not, you know, not she, she's not a baby, but um, <laughs> her command, like her command her certainty, but her collaboration and her openness, like she just was so collaborative and capable. And anyway, she's the one who came to me and she said, when we were talking past to present, she said, you know, we kind of cut into a sat, we, we started originally with kind of a sadder scene in the past where they're already opening their presence. And it was her idea. She said, she said, my college roommate used to do this thing. I used to go home with her at the holidays. And for Christmas, they would roll call the kids out like they were like coming off a bench, like, you know, to enter a game like so and so. Duh. And she said it was so fun. And I'm like, I love that. Like, let me write it. Let's do that. And so hmm. what it ended up doing, was like joyful introduction to Merritt, to Sarah, to Owen, to their characters, where you like knew you were cutting into this like humble place but like full of so much like light and love mm. and even just the light flares when you first meet Sarah and she like comes into the frame it, I just I loved it and that was yeah. that was Rachel that was all Rachel wow um, yeah it gives it such a beautiful place to go and I love to hear that about Rachel too I, I was curious with you you were saying she just has this powerful presence but she treats everyone with kindness and I feel like that's such a hard balance to strike. You know, I've read a lot of quotes about you and I have some friends that have, you know, gotten the opportunity to work with you and everybody seems to be collectively saying that you lead a very positive set. So yeah. I would love to know how you, I guess, how you do that. Do, is that something you're cognizant of? How do you balance those moments where something's going wrong, but you have to kind of yeah. still be kind? Yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time talking about this in therapy. <laughs> oh, okay. Perfect. Let me cross my legs I'll, and put yeah. my glasses on. I am. Um, <laughs> You know what, like at my core, all I want in life is family. Like all, mm. I, all I look to do in any situation is create like little families. And I feel like that's why TV is so perfect for me because you have this intensive time where you do this thing. I mean, it's like going to summer camp and like, even if you're only there a week, you feel like you know everybody. You're like, oh my God, my life has changed. Um, you have these little <laughs> families. And so- yeah. 
that to me is what I try to create. Like I want to create a family and I want to, you know, I used to be a kid in that family who didn't have the power to create it, who could just hope I was in a great family. And now as a showrunner, um, I, I do get the opportunity to kind of create families and almost like curate a family. And I think um, that brings me like that. It brings me not only joy, but it like fulfills something really deep in me. So mm. it's so important to me to be that mom, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> a mom who can like hear everybody who can listen Um and and who can also make decisions and keep us moving forward and keep us on mm. track but i yeah I, I try to lead a very um maternal room a maternal set and i i do love it to feel like a family um mm. where you know everybody has a voice and and i hope everyone feels really important for and vital um for what they're contributing and mm. um yeah yeah I love that. I, I remember reading too, I think even with Little Fires Everywhere, I was so fascinated. I listened to the podcast about it and how you guys would have these conversations on set about the baby and just be respectful of everybody's views. And it was a whole dialogue. I mean, is yeah. that something you feel like specifically working with Hello Sunshine really cultivates with, because I know this was again with Reese and then Laura Dern I heard is involved, which is so cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Reese and Laura and Cheryl, I mean, this really came out of their, I mean, this came out of their, their family, I mean, they became a family mm. to the child and they wanted to like keep it going. And Cheryl mm -hmm. said, you know, I think Tiny Beautiful Things would make a great series. And so it, you know, it didn't happen in an instant, but like that was born out of a real familial, like love and sisterhood, I would say. Mm. And so, and I think Hello Sunshine absolutely creates that, you know, when we were doing Little Fires, that show, like this show was helmed by women. And I was so struck by how we would all like step in for each other. You know, mm. um, it was like, you know, just, just even just from the perspective of being like working moms who wanted to be there all the time, but also, you know, had children that we wanted to see or children that we hadn't had yet that we wanted to have, you know, all of yeah. this and how people would step in and be like, let me get this for you. Like, I'll hold this so you can go do that. And there mm. was never that feeling of, um, um, oh, I'm doing so much or this person isn't doing enough. It was it was all like, let's carry it together. And sometimes I'll hold a little more and sometimes you'll hold a little more so that we mm. can put our attention where it needs to be. And it just, um, it was incredible. Like it was incredible. And, and I would say that they, they really lead that way. And I, I think, um, you know, I think female leadership is specific. Um, and I think that it's different, you know, and I'm not saying that anything is better or worse, but I think that, I think that there are really wonderful things that come from female leadership, you know? Mm, me too. And I think you reminded me of that song, The Weight, you know, take a load off Fanny, put your load on me. I, I think that's yeah. so... 
special and I'm like I wish there could be a little fires everywhere season two but I guess you guys told that story I'm like oh man I know I was just saying like where did Izzy go on that bus <laughs> right yeah come on um, let's do it I know I know I know it's the heart it's it's limited series you have to like it's so hard to say I goodbye. know and I guess we can always rewatch it but you know that would be a surprise if it if it happens and another surprise because I love a corny transition here we go is that I have a little bit of a surprise game for you if you're down oh, to play I'm down Liz, it's not even much of a game. Basically, it's called the compliment game. And I reached out to someone in your life for a little quote about you or a loving statement. And I'm going to read it to you. And then you have to guess who said it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is specific to the project, Tiny Beautiful Things, which again, like Tiny Beautiful Things, Little Fires Everywhere. I feel like your next project will be Oh, like, yeah, I know. I know. We said really try to like cut down on the words. And we're going to just like <laughs> one project that's just like one word. No, or have like another, like maybe small or like what's another trivial? What's another word for yeah, tiny? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. All versions of little and like. <laughs> yes, I see the, the through line. Um, well, I reached out to a few people and it, this all happened so quickly that... I'm so blessed that this person got back to me. So I'm going to read you this quote and then you can ask me yes or no questions. I don't really even know much, but I'll try and give you a hint. Okay, okay. okay. So you get three guesses. People go crazy if there's no rules, but I don't know, whatever. Um, okay, I'm going to read it to you and then you have to guess who said it. Okay, it's a good one. There's kind of a hint in it too. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'll stop talking. Okay. Liz is a beam of positivity and light. She wants a writer's room to feel like a group of friends getting together for a hang. She wants everyone to win, a quality rarely seen in this business. It truly made coming to work on this show a joy. She's really just one in a million. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's, there's a little hint in there, but I can, I can try and narrow it down a bit Is it more. Cheryl? No, I wish. But this person's also pretty iconic. <laughs> the writer's room? The writer's room. Well, I would also guess my friend Deirdre. This um, this Deirdre who was in the writer's room. Okay. No. Okay. I bet you a lot of people feel this way about you, so it's probably not that easy, which is a good thing. That's really sweet. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know who it is. It's okay, so this, this person, um, I guess took Broadway by storm a little while ago and is a fantastic playwright. Oh, Jocelyn? Yeah, Jocelyn. Oh, Jocelyn. Jocelyn oh, oh, I that. That's really sweet. <laughs> yeah, I she answered my her. DM. That is a really, that is really sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll have to send it to you. She seems like such a great person. As Jocelyn you. is such a great, is she... She was so incredible to have on staff and she, she was in New York. So everybody else was, well, Des was in Portland, but you know, everybody else was pretty LA based. And so Jocelyn had a little bit of a different, you know, schedule that she was on because mm. she was three hours later and she, um, she just brought so much to the show and she is just such a, like, I don't even mean to say she's an up and coming voice because she's already like up and come. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like even though she's already been so successful, like I'm just really excited to see where she's going to go because mm. I think this is just like, I think she's just scratched the surface and like the surface is like amazing. Um, 
So I'm excited for her. She has a lot of she has a lot of good in her life. Oh, me too. As am I excited for everything you do. And it, it makes me wonder now that you're in this position, looking back at the story you told earlier when we were talking uh, about kind of having a conversation where just stop pitching ideas that maybe aren't working. How do yeah. you handle that situation now as, as the leader in charge? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think one thing... I think one thing I try to do, well, I don't know. It's like, I've been in rooms. I mean, definitely like on staff where I just have been like, I think of a great room as like, you have a ball, like a hot potato, but like, let's just say you have a ball, like a kickball. Mm. And you basically are throwing the ball like really fast around the room. And the best rooms are the people who like dive to get your ball, even mm. if the throw wasn't perfect. And that they somehow manage to dive, catch it, and throw the ball, right? Mm. That they don't just like let your bad throw just hit the floor and bounce or like hit the floor and not go anywhere. And um, and I think what I try to do is um, find the find what I like in the pitch that's been given. Like to me, that's the catching of the ball. And the catching up of the ball is also like not ignoring what was said. So let's say that somebody pitches something and I'm like, that's not really what I want to do. What I would probably say is, I'm not sure that's what I want to do because of this, mm. but here's what I, here's what I like about what you said. Mm. Like what you're pitching is really propellant. And I like how you're propelling the story forward. So I wonder if there's something in that, it's not exactly that, but is it has that propellant quality. Like I really try to hone in on like something that feels good within the pitch because I also feel like that's how I take the ball and I keep passing mm. it. So now, okay, propellant, that's what we're doing as we pass the ball around. We're yeah. thinking about that, you know? Um, I, 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 I hate it when things drop and I hate it when the room stops and I don't mm. like it when people ignore what somebody just said. Like mm. I've been in rooms where it's like, everybody's just pitching, but nobody's like listening to the person. Like you're not responding. Yeah. It's like everyone's just seeming to have a conversation with themselves where they yeah. just say their ideas in any order off mm. anything. And I'm like, what? did we forget like how you talk <laughs> like someone says something and then you say something that yeah. has something to do with what that other person just said like basic yeah um, it's the same so. when you're hanging out with people like I love friends that will go down the weird rabbit hole bit with me of doing a random improv that makes no sense like you want yes. you want people that are actually going to listen to you that so it it's very, very improv. yeah it's very improv mm. it's very like yes and you know mm. um and so yeah yeah I mean yeah I find it easier. I will say back to my friend, Josh, who gave me the advice. I find it easier to be at the helm than to be in the room. Mm. Because I think there's a part of me that would still be that person, like pitching things three times, even though I shouldn't. Um, well, like, third time's the charm, still, so I don't know. <laughs> it still lives inside of me. Um, mm. I have to be like, remember what Josh said. Remember what Josh said. 27 <laughs> years old. He told this to you when you were 24. <laughs> remember what Josh said um so yeah I I find my place like leading the mm. room maybe a little better for me yeah well I love your use of I wonder just those two words I think people listening that that's applicable in all areas of life instead of coming at someone with no it's not going to work or a no or something really hard 
um, in a creative situation, at least, you know, saying I wonder is a much more positive way to kind of spin it. So I think that's very important to just yeah. mark. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, I wonder for you, this came up in, oh gosh, I don't know why I'm quoting it. It was in one of the episodes, I think maybe the second or even, it might've been the first, but I wanted to ask you, you know, what's some advice you would give to your 22 year old self, Liz? Have you, you might've gotten that question today already. It's an obvious one, but. I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten it today. I do. My question is somewhat, I mean, my answer is somewhat superficial, but it was what, um, it was what somebody told me later that I had wished I had known, which was um, not just to sunscreen your face, to also sunscreen your neck and the back of your Yeah. You all attention to your face, but at some point you're gonna be like, oh, wait a minute, I should have sunscreened everything that's constantly showing. Um, so yeah, that is something I would tell my 22 year old self that I wish someone who was 47 mm. told me when I was 22. Um, you know, when I, you go in the car, you know, when you're driving and you just get that weird half thing and it's like, yes, it but also your hands, like you don't think about it, like you're driving the top of your hands. But yeah. I think also, um, I think also, I think a more serious thing I would say is, um, um, don't rush to answer the questions like, like living in the questions and having questions are great. Like I think about, I think about, I, I said this one day, like I, I was taking my son to preschool and I saw these like two girls probably like in their early twenties, mid twenties, like jogging in sports bras, like at the beach. And I was like, oh, hopefully with sunscreen on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I hope they sunscreen their neck. But I was like, oh, no, I was like, oh, I remember when I used to like jog in just a sports bra at the beach. Anyway. So I was looking at them and I was like, just imagining exactly what they were talking about and i i figured that they were probably like who likes them and are they gonna get and like they're in another wedding but when are they gonna get and like nah, 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 nah. you know mm. just go the conversations that like women in their 20s have and i wanted to like roll down my window and be like first of all don't worry about these answers like you are going to live into all these answers like whatever you want you are going to get mm. and it is so fun to have questions. Like I was, I was, you know, I'm like driving and I'm like a mom in my forties who's married. And I'm like, it's great. This is what I aspired to. It's what I wanted. Mm. But like, there aren't always a lot of questions. Like I'm like, yeah. oh, this is what I did with my life. This is my career. This is my spouse. This is my child. This is where we live. Like mm. full of the questions that I used to ask in my twenties and so want the answers to. So I just want to throw them in my window and be like, enjoy the questions. Don't wait <laughs> to the answers. Like, you're, like the questions are so great. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I want to see that in a scene of something or just a character. Yeah. Oh my God. Way. I would love to. And I also, sometimes it's funny. We had, we had uh, like my wife and I had someone who was 30, like staying at our house this weekend. And I, I never got to pull her aside, but I wanted to, I heard her talking about like dating and like all these weddings. And I wanted to say like, if you could take all the energy that you're putting into worrying about like who mm -hmm. likes you and dating, and you could just think, I'm literally not going to make this my worry. You would have so much time on your hands. Mm -hmm. Like you could have so much time to not be consumed with worry about this, but we all do it in our twenties. Yeah. What do they say? If you worry, you suffer twice, you know, it's, it's a exactly. time consuming activity that we don't need, <laughs> yes, but it's employed totally, upon us. Totally. Anyway, those, that's, that. that's my advice. I mean, more applicable, 
I would say yeah. also more actionable would just be if I had a daughter who was 22, I would be like, we're going to freeze your eggs right now. Mm. And you're not going to worry about time or age mm. for the next 15 years. That's it. I love that. Enjoy your life. <laughs> I mean, I now I can't wait till you get a talk show because I, you're just so fun to listen to and watch and you have great <laughs> advice. I'm like, I need a talk show of you driving on the street, you know, Billy on the street style, maybe just shouting out motivational things to people. I've so loved getting to talk to you. I'm such a big fan of your work. And I would just love if we could end our time together by you sharing maybe a kindness tip, something actionable that you think people could do every day that could kind of catch on and make the world better in its own tiny, beautiful way, I guess. Oh, I love that. I think, I think, I think we move so fast. We move so fast and our interactions happen so quickly. Like I think really just looking somebody in the eye and saying something to them, um, like making our interactions more meaningful you know, like really stopping to be conscious of what you're saying. And I think to tell people how you feel about them, you know, there's so many times where um, you don't get that opportunity and you wish you had. And I think, um, I think telling people in the moment um, what they mean to you. Mm. I love that because it's true in this business, especially, you know, from an acting point of view, it's like you, you don't even hear anything. Most of the time, the rejection is just silent. You don't get any kind of feedback. And yeah. I think just seeing people and saying something to somebody yeah. else as a fellow human, yeah. <laughs> it gets lost across all industries now, you absolutely. know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This, so I yeah. love that. Yeah. Especially on Zoom when you're like, oh, you talk, no, you talk. I <laughs> I appreciate that. And I really appreciate your time. And again, I think it's just so beautiful how curious you are. And I hope you stay curious because your curiosity and pursuit of answers, which I think is kind of part of life, is just really compelling to watch and relatable. And I can't wait to see what you do next. And I hope everybody watches this show because it really is, it's a big, beautiful thing. So thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. This was so wonderful. I, oh, I'm I, glad. You're such, you have, whatever. I mean, I, you have such a lovely energy and you um, oh. make people feel really good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you do really good. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you for saying that. You do the same for me when I watch your work. So I'm glad I could do that for this little slice of time. And I hope the rest of the day is equally as enjoyable. And now it's time for your kindness tip of the week. You will learn a lot about yourself if you stretch in the direction of goodness, of bigness, of kindness, of forgiveness, of emotional bravery. Be a warrior of love. That's a quote from Cheryl Strayed's Tiny Beautiful Things book that I feel also can serve as a kindness tip. Stretch into the goodness. Come on, lift those arms up and do a big old stretch. Ah! It's a great reminder when you find yourself getting dragged the other way. For instance, and I'm not sure if you can hear it in my voice or if you've noticed it the whole time, and I'm sorry if you have, <laughs> that I was finally caught by the Rona, the vid, <laughs> the COVID. <laughs> it's not fun. You know, I was actually in a show this weekend that got canceled. It was our final weekend and I was feeling pretty down. Anyway, instead of loafing around, being sad and thinking, oh, woe is me. 
I'm trying to lean into the good and focus on the fact that my wonderful wife took care of me. All these loving friends and family members checked in on me, like my mom who dropped off a care package, and my pal Bryce who sent us Easter cookies. What, what? Ah, happy Easter! Thank you to all the love warriors in my life, including you, dear listeners. It's okay to be down sometimes, obviously, but we need the love warriors. We need the love warrior in us to wake up and bring us back into the light, if that makes sense. (laughs) I'll be back soon with more positive chats, but until next time, please remember, everything is going to be a-okay. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.